Hello, hello, and welcome to Applies Job Bytes. We're a podcast that covers jobs, job searching, the job application process, career growth and development, and almost everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Apply.io, the free browser extension that helps you apply to jobs with a single click and writes really good cover letters for you using AI. We hope you enjoy the show. So hello and welcome to another episode of Applies Job Bites. I'm Jean, your host, and with me today is Lynn George. Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jean. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and I'm delighted to have you on with us today. Um, Lynn, I know you've spent the best part of the last decade um, working with people, doing important work, developing, advocating female leadership, career coaching, increasing motivation, helping people with career transitions, also helping companies look after their people better. And to hit you with a burning question that I would love to have your take on, there's somewhat of a disconnect, isn't there, between what what people's, uh, what the reality is of the career search and, and how typical careers tend to evolve and mature over time and um, and what people's expectations are of that journey, right? And I think like in many cases, we're all looking at you know, maybe there's someone that we, we know personally who's had that picture-perfect journey, or we're looking at the, the most successful people out there in the world that have had this sort of linear or exponentially, like, perfectly increasing journey and thinking, like, we need to achieve the same. But the vast majority of us have, it's a very different thing that happens in reality. Exactly, it is. And I like the point that you bring up. We look at others' success and we want to mimic that not realizing that, you know, I always say career development is not destination, it's a journey. So when you are transitioning, it is a journey to that from transitioning from one career to another. Absolutely. What some people may experience in their careers is that more so than a skill or competence ceiling or barrier that people encounter, there may be a like a mindset ceiling or barrier, right? Where they end up holding th- themselves back in one way or another. Oh, yes. I'm glad you said that because my message to female leadership is to own your brilliance. And a lot of times you are absolutely correct when you say it's not so much of the skill or, or lack of competence in their area of work, it's mindset. Hmm. So if we can conquer right? If we can conquer and own our inner brilliance and then show up that way, then what we do, what happens is we project the the confidence that we need so that we can show up skillfully, so that we can demonstrate what our skills are and the competence that we have in our area of work. And specifically when it comes to those, maybe those misconceptions around leadership capabilities. I think some people, it seems to me like they think I'm only a leader once I've got some, you know, big, important job title, right? And so when you ask someone, (laughs) especially a younger person, what kind of leadership experience do you have? They've actually done tons of stuff. They've motivated teams and they've led projects and they've delivered results and they've solved problems and the rest, but they haven't had the title yet. And they go, I don't have any. And are you finding, is that a thing? Is that the case with many people? That is absolutely a thing. And it is a thing that I am passionate about teaching others that you can be a titleless leader. A leadership is not about a title, but it is about 
first you. You know, there was a time when I gave this talk on the process of becoming, and I talked about personal leadership. And in my preparation time, I found that there was not a lot of work out there about personal leadership. And so one thing that I teach female leaders is that you, I teach them where the leadership was established first in their own life, and then how to translate that to project confidence as a leader. So, and then what happens is they, they find that they take ownership of their own leadership in the workplace and that they've been this leader this whole time of the work that they are in, whether it's leading a team or leading a project, it doesn't mean that you have to have the title of a manager, supervisor, or VP for that matter to be a leader. With specific regard to how our titles come into play, in my experience, often I found people are often in some ways better leaders when they're not after that title, right? I think a lot of people that are sort of title chasing have a different prerogative than to you know, just solve problems and, and help people and motivate people and do the real things that a leader should be doing. Absolutely, Jean. It, it is when we are after the title, we are after, you know, the what comes with it. We are after not necessarily the influence, not necessarily the responsibility to impact others and empower and motivate others, but we are, it's an ego thing. It's a power trip. But when you are not after the title, what happens is you begin to, leadership is done from within. Sometimes, many times, a lot of my clients are not conscious that this leadership is happening from within and they are projecting what it means to be a leader by motivating others, impacting other people. You know, we see this every day, especially during a time of a pandemic. We see, mm. you know, people stepping up to give to others and to share with other people that are less fortunate or or just coming together to help one another. So looking at the other end of the spectrum, what about the people that you meet who you recognize are really sort of innate leadership abilities within they've got this sort of amazing uh, emergent leadership potential but they aren't actively uh, pursuing those kind of roles how is there a typical sort of process or advice that you might lead them through to get them to, to consider taking on like a more in a more formal capacity leadership responsibilities so yeah, that process, that coaching process is again, a process, right? Because a lot of times these individuals are not looking for a role per se in, in, in their organization where they serve, but simply just to serve, right? Mm -hmm. Simply just to impact, empower, and to help other people. And so the process to help them to step up into leadership involves creating a, establishing a context of, establishing a context for them for leadership, and then creating and developing a plan for them to step up in their organization even more to become and be the leader with a title, if you will. And I want to pivot for a second to, to maybe talking about some of these subjects in an interview context. And 
it strikes me that when people are asked about leadership in an interview context, they're tempted to only talk about the things that they've done really well, like the successes and my accomplishments and throw the biggest, best possible numbers down that they can. In your experience, do you think organizations are also, you know, what is their view on hearing about your leadership, sort of maybe your failures or your growth areas or your own awareness around things that you want to improve? Is that something that's safe to do in a, in a conversation with an employer? Absolutely, Jean. It, re, employers respect that you take ownership, first of all. You take ownership for your failures for the things, the areas that you need improvement on. One of the questions that's always asked, many times asked a common traditional interview question is, is what are your weaknesses? And many people do not like to answer that question or there's a lot of nervousness around answering that question when in fact that question is really a question to help you project your leadership. You can talk about, you know, a time where you had a weakness in an area or needed to improve in an area and then demonstrate how you took ownership to fix that area, fix that or improve in that area. And I found even in my own uh, experience that employers really do respect when you as an individual take responsibility and take ownership because we're human, right? Like there's nothing perfect about us. <laughs> there's nothing perfect about us. So take those imperfections, take ownership of those imperfections and demonstrate how you've taken leadership to improve in that area. Right. And that seems to sync nicely with what you were saying earlier around the kind of the journey around leadership, right? That it's not this one shot thing that I've done it. I did this one thing and I'm now a leader. It's, it's kind of an ongoing, I mean, that is a journey. Absolutely. Right? It's a journey. And, you know, it's a journey that started way before you even had the thought of what leadership even was. I know for me and my own personal experience, you know, when I took ownership, began to take ownership of my career, creating it by design and not and 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 just stepping out of this default phase, it was my ability to take taking ownership of my own career and then making it what I want it to be. We've got time for one more question, Lynn. And the one that I want to ask you and that I'm sure that you've advised your clients on is that, and this is tied into the interviews, people, some people really struggle with interviews, right? Because there's just this pressure and it's this kind of artificial environment in, in many cases, depending how the employers conduct those sessions. And they only really realize after maybe botching one or two interviews that, oh, I needed to prepare or I need, I should have spoken to someone and, uh, you know, and yeah, and get ready for this kind of thing. What would be some of the, some of the advice that you would provide to people that are maybe after a long period of time looking for a job now, they're having to interview again. What are some of the sort of surface level things they, they got to be aware of going into almost any interview? Check your confidence at the door. All right. Check your confidence before you walk into that room. Years, years, years ago, as an intern, when I started out in this area of work, 
that was one of the first thing my mentor taught me is to teach clients to have confidence because that is the number one thing. And why is that important? It's important because we project, we project more positivity when we're confident. We are able to now show or demonstrate our skill and competence through stories. When we are confident about who we are and what we bring, the value that we bring to the table. So, so the first thing I would say is check your confidence at the door way before, and not just at the door, but you know, way before the interview. And then make sure that you're checking it at the door and, and whatever you need to do to remind yourself that you are skillful, you are here skillful, you are here because they want you here. If they didn't, you wouldn't be in this interview. The other thing I would say is bring your stories. Recently, I was working with a client of mine who transitioned. He took his sales skills and took it into another industry. And he was really nervous about that. And one of the things that I, you know, I advise them on is tell stories, share your career stories. If you're going to talk about how you, if you're going to mention how you increased sales in your last job, give them a story to demonstrate mm. that. So have confidence, share stories. And the, then the last thing is be yourself. Make sure you are yourself because that's what employers are looking for. They're looking to, for two things, cultural fit and to see if you have the technical skill to thrive in the organization. So it's a lot better to be confident in yourself than, than to put on that act and uh, think too hard about what ideal looks like and putting on a mask. Exactly. Just be yourself because when you are not yourself, you tend to come in with rehearsed answers and the interviewer can tell, they can sniff that out a mile away. As a matter of fact, the client that I was just sharing with you about, that's what he did. And then after we spoke, he was able to go in that next interview and be himself and be confident. And that won him the third interview with the CEO of that company. So absolutely, employers want you to be yourself because they have to see whether or not you are the person that will fit well into the organization and on the team. That's such great, helpful advice for our listeners. And it's been absolutely amazing having you on the show. Thanks for Thank coming you. on. And, and yeah, so, so many knowledge bombs and uh, actionable advice for our listeners. We'll be linking to you in the podcast description and uh, hope to have you on again at some point in the future. Thank you, Jean. It was awesome to be here. Thanks so much. And to all of our listeners, this has been another episode of Applies Job Vice, and we'll catch you again soon. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. For any feedback, requests, or suggestions of things that we should include on upcoming shows, please drop us a line at contact at apply.io. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time.
out of the blind, big jobs away. Apply, innocent, click, start and track. Your application's never right, a cover letter again. 